0: So don't take that We won't take Yes, let's be the Puds. in Springfield. <laughs>
1: The only problem with putting the blind up is that now anyone walking past on the street can see the shameful habit that is podcasting.
0: <laughs> well, considering we're on the second level of your house, they'd need to be a very tall person. No, no, no,
1: no, no. you can totally see. Um, if you're standing on the footpath on the other side, you can totally see. and I've seen the kitchen tap from the footpath.
0: Nick, have you been peeking through people's windows? Through my
1: own windows, Jacob. <laughs> as an experiment to see how visible I am.
0: So you're saying that everybody can see through the windows, even the very tall Yes. <laughs> okay. And even good. the
1: very small.
0: Even the. Are you sure about the very small?
1: Oh, they probably can't see through the windows. Actually. Yeah. Where's my fidget pen? There it is.
0: Fidget pen. Oh, it's just a pen that you're gonna fidget with yeah, by that <laughs> during I mean, the, the recording. Yeah.
1: Although there are. Th- have you
0: seen those things that are fidget pens? They've got like
1: multiple clickers and like springs and just stuff.
0: Buy a fucking pen. It's the same thing. It's yeah, but it's and... one that you
1: can write with and also play with.
0: That's just a pen. You're just des- expl- ex- describing a pen right now. No,
1: no, these things have additional greeblies on them. <laughs> additional greeblies? Greeblies, yeah. You know, little bits of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in retrospect, it's probably not helpful to explain a concept with words that no one's familiar with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, is greeblies a real word, not just a thing you just
1: made up? It's a word in the um, in the special effects community. Like, if you're building, if you're building a model spaceship, for example, and you want to have all these little bits that make it look like it's a more complex thing, they're called Greebleys.
0: Okay. But you don't watch anything. Why do you know the special effect? Uh, because
1: I listen to podcasts with Adam Savage on them from Mythbusters.
0: Okay. Are you sure Adam Savage hasn't just made this term up? This is uh, where... I don't
1: think so. I don't think so.
0: So, one well, of those savage terms? Savage term. Savage take.
1: Savage term.
0: Guitar noise.
1: <laughs> Episode eighteen of eighteen
0: Pods
1: In the Key
0: In the Key of Springfield. Pods in the Key of Springfield is filmed in front of a live studio audience.
1: <laughs> Ba-na-ba-na-na-na. <Bom>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so <laughs> What did we watch today, Nick? Uh, today, I'm James by the way. Oh, this is Nick by the way. Um <laughs> we,
1: Today we watched season 2 episode 19, Lisa's Substitute. Lisa's and
0: Substitute. Season
1: 2 episode 20, The War of the Simpsons.
0: The War on Christmas.
1: The War on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, sorry, to give the title its correct term, The War of the Simpsons, The War on Christmas.
0: So, Lisa's Substitute is one of those episodes that I think people talk about when they talk about the golden age of the Simpsons. Yes, definitely. I feel like we have our work cut out for us while talking about this one. Yes. Up front, not sure that it was my favourite of the pair we watched today, let alone of all time. Interesting.
1: It's an episode that I really like, but sure.
0: I think there's some stuff to dig into here. Yep. First question that you asked when we started is on the DVD menu. Yes. Yes. It's very clear that Mr. Bergstrom is carrying two revolvers. Yes. Do you think these are real guns?
1: Well, I mean, there's the scene where he first walks in and starts shooting them, and Skinner (laughs) hits the ground. And in that, from that, they appear to be cap guns. Because I imagine if you walk it but the thing is, America is such a fucked yeah. place. Hello to all our American listeners. Yeah. That if a substitute teacher walked up and began openly firing on the students, maybe you would still be able to keep your job there. Yeah, I
0: don't think you could do that scene today though.
1: <laughs> oh no, I don't think so I don't think so either. And just just to be super, super clear, not a fan of anyone having guns, let alone substitute teachers. Yeah. But it really caught me off guard that it seems like a very uh, sorry. Seems like a very American thing to do.
0: It's an extraordinarily American thing to do. And, uh, Lisa also knows which year the revolver was invented in during this episode, which yep. is strange. Strange for an eight-year-old
1: to know, but then again, she is American. Yes, an American- I bet you eight-year-old. know eight-year-old Australians would be able to tell you when the revolver was first invented. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them probably couldn't even tell you when Revolver, the Beatles album, was
0: first recorded. When was Revolver first recorded? Oh, pff,
1: Jesus. Uh, I think it was 66.
0: Okay, was it release sixty seven? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check that. Okay, you're on Google already. We're yes. like four minutes into this. Yep. Yeah. No. <laughs> this blasted <that's>
1: podcast. <laughs> well, while I look this up, I've got a question for you. Yep. Uh, you came to my house today, and the my train line is still down, so you came on a substitute bus. Was it Lisa's substitute bus?
0: Uh. Well, no, it was the, the James substitute bus. That's what they call it, because I catch it.
1: Wait, who are you, by the way? Uh, okay, I feel uh, like that's
0: been established.
1: So it was recorded April to June 1966 and released on the 5th of August 1966. Good album. 1966, the same year that Australia switched from, um, uh, 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 I was about to say from pre-decimal currency to decimal currency, that's not very descriptive, on the 14th of February 1966.
0: And it was a few years before the release of The The Graduate. Sorry, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, oh, I see. You Which want to... I think came in sixty-eight, so possibly sixty-seven. So,
1: what you're suggesting there is you want to go back to talking about this episode <laughs> of The Simpsons? Uh, I
0: think it might be wise. I'm, I'm beginning to learn how how this podcast <laughs> works with you. <laughs> so, Dustin Hoffman is, of course, the uncredited uh, performer playing. Mr. Bergstrom in this episode. Yes, he also won won, uh, the
1: 2017 Brownlow in the Australian Football League.
0: Don't think that's what happened. Oh, it's Dustin Martin, sorry. I think that might have been a different Dusty. Different Dusty. That's our other podcast, Different Dustys. Each week we look at a different Dusty.
1: (laughs) And I continually get them confused.
0: This week is Dusty Springfield in that we're talking about Dustin Huffman being on The Simpsons. (laughs)
1: Excellent. Welcome to the Dusty Springfield episode. (laughs) Fucking brilliant. So,
0: Dustin Huffman... Uh, I kind of I had a bit of a look on his IMDb page. Yes, seemed like he wasn't doing a whole lot around then. You know, he'd had Tootsie years earlier and Tootsie. Marathon Man and all of those. Uh, Rain Man was in '88, which is three years before this episode comes out. Sure, so it's sure, like sure. yep, sure. So like the last really big like successful film he had done, I think. Right. Uh He had Ishtar, the famously terrible Ishtar. Dick Tracy. Then he goes and he does this. Hang on. When you said Ishtar, the famously
1: terrible Ishtar, is that like the Bond, James Bond of the <laughs> Dustin Hoffman universe? Like the full name is Ishtar, the terribly famous Ishtar? <laughs> the terribly
0: famous and the famously terrible. Oh, is that what you said? Oh, sorry. I fucked it. But anyway, fine. my joke still stands. So we've got, uh, yep, old mate Dustin Hoffman here playing Mr. Bergstrom, Dustin Hoffman, who would, of course... Uh, later peak his career by playing Adam Sandler's father in The Cobbler. I
1: believe that is the peak of his career,
0: yes. Yes, it is the absolute- uh, have you seen The Cobbler, by the way? Nope. Is that the one about shoes or the one about roads? It is. Uh, Adam Sandler plays a shoe cobbler right? who finds out that when he puts on other people's shoes after cobbling the soles on some magic machine out the back that he gets to become that person. And you would think, you know, room for like this wacky sort of comedy in this situation, but it turns into this really grim drama really fast. Where does this fit in... um, Is it near Adam Sandler's Click,
1: that other movie that you thought was going to be a comedy and turns into a really uh, dark drama?
0: It's about seven or eight years later than that. Right. Directed by the guy who... uh, What's his name? I should have looked this up before. The (laughs) guy who goes on to make Spotlight. Which wins the Best pisc- uh, best Picture Oscar? Something McCartney or McCarthy? Paul McCartney. Tom McCarthy? Paul McCartney. Tom McCarthy. Revolver, 1966,
1: Paul McCartney, <laughs> played bass, sang some songs. Yeah. yeah it's okay. a good album. Sweet. Yeah, it's a yeah. per- it's a and perfectly. eventually
0: they go on to release The Cobbler, which is not as good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where John Lennon just sings about shoes.
0: <laughs> okay, so Mr. Bergstrom, teacher, pub's yep. in. First question to you. Sure. Mr. Bergstrom, watching this episode back, is he actually a good teacher? Don't know, man. Because it seems like he teaches them nothing. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, for whatever it's worth, he gets—I mean, he gets them engaged. But I mean, yeah, is, he doesn't. I is, don't know. Is
0: it's... 1830s cowboy history on their syllabus? Well, it just seems like he spends a lot of time telling Lisa that she's very smart. And uh, you know, helping to you know, obviously he does you... help her to believe in herself, but I almost feel like that's a happy accident
1: in this episode. Is that not what you do when you're a teacher though? You just sit at the front of your little class and say and,
0: and you just comment specifically on how smart various members of your <laughs> just class one are one specific student is I've got a fucking syllabus. <laughs> yeah. I gotta get through shit. I gotta teach them about uh hey, speaking whatever of, it is that I teach. Speaking of the syllabus, when you caught the substitute bus <laughs> here, was it a sensible bus or was it a silly bus? It was a fairly silly bus, I have to say. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. So, we got this whole plot line, Mr. Bergstrom, substitute teacher extraordinaire. Then we've got the Bart plot that I'd completely forgotten was in this episode, where Bart runs for class president. Yes. oh God, that's interesting. <laughs> which I enjoyed a great deal. And then this very minor subplot of Homer being weird. Yeah, this is um, in a
1: previous episode of Pods in the Key of Springfield. <laughs> you pointed out that uh, season two has a, a trope in it of episodes being non-Homer related for the most part. Yep. And then ending with a very Homer-centric resolution.
0: Yeah, just pivoting towards like yeah. as though the resolution we needed was how does Homer feel about this. Yeah,
1: and this episode, the last three minutes are... How does Homer feel about yeah. all of this? It's very, very strange.
0: Yeah, it's not quite as uh, bad as it was in Home. Uh, Bird gets hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Bort gets hauled by a court. Yeah, but it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's still a little weird. Although I do have some nice things to say about that as well. Okay, we'll get good. to it eventually yep. in this uh, podcast about the Simpsons. Podcast
1: about the Simpsons.
0: Now yeah, it's called Buzz in the Key of Springfield. Um, now tell I, your friends.
1: I've got a note of something I flagged. I'm going to go into talking about Bergstrom's teaching style. Have yeah, uh, and the interactive part of his lesson. Have you got anything that you want to say before then? Because I know that I got you, a lot of notes. here. I'm good. You, you tend to be more chronological than me with your notes. It's fine. I'm all over the place. Okay. okay. So pemmican, pemmican. Yes, pemmican. Yes. So it come. They, they come back from a cut. Cart- and everyone in the class is chewing something. And he says, right, now that we're, when you're all finished with your pemmican, let's sing a, a song. And then they sing the song about cowboys where he goes through and points out inconsistencies. So I've looked at home what... Home on the range, I believe. Home on the range. I've looked at what pemmican is. Okay. P-E-M-M-I-C-A-N. Pemmican is a concentrated mixture of fat and protein used as a nutritious food. Not sure how I feel about concentrated mixture of fat and protein being described as nutritious. I believe that it is a, well, it goes on to say, this Wikipedia article goes on to say, widely adopted as a high energy food by Europeans in the fur trade,
0: and then Arctic and Antarctic explorers. So he's feeding the children literal garbage. Literal garbage. Like the kind of food that people eat in like post apocalyptic <laughs> narratives.
1: Yeah, although it appears to, and sorry, maybe I should have maybe flagged you in on this before we started opening on All cylinders.
0: No, I think it's fine.
1: Um, it appears to be, uh, in some parts of North America, it's, re- it's like a, uh, a a ceremonial food at, at weddings and things like that in some of the okay. in some of the Inuit cultures and things like that. Is, okay. Inuit, is Inuit the word we're supposed to use now? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that would make that would make a sort of sense because yeah. that would be more of a So a thing. Traditionally
1: pemmican was prepared from the lean meat of large game such as buffalo, elk, deer or moose and then, uh, what, about five pounds of meat is required to make one pound of dried meat suitable for pemmican. And then, the pounded dried meat was mixed with melted fat in an approximate one-by-one one ratio per volume. So, basically, you dry out some meat, and then you take 500 grams of dried meat, and you add 500 grams of melted fat to it. Seems like an odd thing to be
0: giving a class of eight-year-olds. Of
1: eight-year-olds. And then you end up with a kind of, I suppose, like a, imagine a super butterified jerky. is Super butterified jerky? Yeah, I think that's where we're looking with pemmican. Should I see if I can I'm order some on eBay? That,
0: I'm just imagining that billboard, super butterified jerky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll see if I can order some on eBay. Maybe we'll do an Eat My Shorts where we eat some pemmican.
0: That seems like a bad idea, but John sure. <laughs> I mean, it's mentioned in one sentence in one episode. Yeah, but this seems like something Simpsons fans would be cut lamoring for. Cut lamoring Cut oh my God, for twelve three ounce
1: bars. What's three ounces? That's like it doesn't matter. It's a it's a tiny amount. Well, hang on, I'll show you. So that tiny. That's like what? Going to be that big? That's like a fun size chocolate like we're a, looking at. Okay. Or, or you're gonna say how can you
0: tell from the image how big it is? Yeah, I don't know. It's like a muesli
1: bar. It's like, okay, let's say it's like a muesli bar. I can get 12 of those for $174. Uh, oh, seems God. It's like bad value. Oh, I've hit by it now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just might put my phone away. <laughs> Mr. Bergstrom, he asks Lisa, he says to Lisa, your homework's always so well presented, whatever. He asks, Does your father help you with your homework? Interesting. I feel like your dad must be helping you. I think Mr. Bergstrom might be a sexist.
1: Yeah, I wondered why. Very
0: focused on the idea that Lisa's dad might be helping her. Yeah,
1: I wanted that too. Because you know, the I I mean, because my first thought on that was, okay, well, did the writers do that because the writers know that we know Homer's not going to be able to help. He still could have started with the premise of parents, though. It is
0: very expositional. Yeah. Just in the context of, you know, him saying a thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It definitely does presuppose that only the father could be helping Lisa. Well, the, the mother's got to be there making all the pemmican. That's true. I mean in Bergstrom's world. Yeah, in Springfield that's the role of the woman is to make the Perican or the Pelicans or whatever it is that what is. Uh incidentally, since I
1: did hit by it now on my phone, Pods in the Key of Springfield doing their first ever giveaway. Um, uh, it's two hundred dollars to enter this competition and you might win some pemmican. <laughs> Please help fund my pemmican.
0: This episode was brought to you by a bunch of boiled fats.
1: (laughs) 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 By ground pounded dried meat and boiled fats. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also the name of our double act. (laughs) I'll let you figure out. Ground pounded boiled fats.
0: (laughs) Ground pounded meat and boiled fats. Brilliant. Wonderful. So, God, there's a lot to say about this episode. Ah. should we talk about the Bart plot line or just carry on with Lisa for a while? Oh, well, I mean, the thing about the Bart
1: plot line that I find really interesting when yep. he's running for uh, student president. Mm. So, you know, you've got a couple of. I mean, the scene that stood out to me mm. was the scene where uh, Martin's talking about the. Um. Uh. The the government standards person came around to test the school and found so many parts per million of asbestos. Yeah. And Bart says, "Well, that's not enough. We want more asbestos. More asbestos. More, more asbestos, asbestos. More, more asbestos. More asbestos." And all I could think was, "It is a very good sign mm. that our society, and by our society, I mean the world specifically, sure, is in a position where it takes more than brainless." fuckwittery, leading chance. Yep. C-H-A-N-T-S. Yes. Um, uh, to win an election.
0: Yeah, there's certainly no examples uh, in the real world, in the political discourse that we experience it on is, a day-to-day level that uh, reminds me in any way. It is very comforting to know that merely
1: repeating something so that idiots will repeat it back mm. is not enough to win... I don't know, the 2016 US election, for example.
0: Yeah, it's, it's great that you cannot placate the masses with a uh, general tomfoolery that seems to suggest that our perceptions of reality are in some way flawed or that, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's good that you can't take something that we know to be the truth and then say that it's an untruth and present that in a way that gets the masses excited and boiling over okay so anyway
1: well i'm glad we got that out of the way
0: yeah so Bart campaigns uh, there's a poster in this episode that he designs with homer that says sex now that i've got your attention vote for bart is this the first instance of this joke that i now feel has pervaded society yeah or, is, yeah, yeah. Have, I, or have, they, have they taken that from somewhere else
1: i don't know it's certainly the first instance that i know of <laughs> um And And you, of course, engage with a lot of content. Mate, I've watched some episodes of Jamie Oliver, and then I've got a DVD box set over there of the Beatles. You know, they recorded Revolver in 1966. (laughs) Um, And, um, uh, well, yes. No, I was thinking of that joke because I reckon when I was a kid, I thought that was maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen. All right. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, this is the first example I know of that phrase. Who knows if it's actually the first ever example of that phrase. What are you staring at in my bookcase?
0: Is there a book over there called Funny Burgers? <laughs> Funny Buggers?
1: Funny Buggers? Okay, it's, a, it's an Australian joke book edited by
0: Carl Chandler of the Little Dum Dum Club. I just got really excited for a moment because it's <laughs> on your it's on your cooking shelf. It is. I thought it's you it. had a book called Funny Burgers. No, that would have been ama- that would be amazing though. We should write this book now it's called Funny Burgers. <laughs> Funny Burgers,
1: excellent. Do you know any burger recipes? Oh, I know exactly what the front cover can t- say too. Sex. Now that I've got your attention, burgers. funny burgers
0: excellent, all right, very good. says so logged in as a business idea, yep, we'll fund it with pemmican <laughs> all right Pemmican is the uh new crowdfunding site, <laughs> <laughs> just all the fat and runoff of other crowdfunding sites all in one place, and that works so there's a scene where they go uh Homer and Lisa go to the museum on Burgo's advice. Burgo. And there is a box there with a suggested donation of $4.50 that we both found profoundly fucked.
1: I mean, we... I, you know what? One of my favorite things about going through these episodes and things like that is occasionally there's a thing that we'll both arc up about. Oh, there's a big one in the next episode. We, we both arced up at the same time about suggested donation $4.50. You know what that requires someone to do? Get change from their wallet. Why not make it five? <laughs> Even America, with their stupid backwards paper money. Sorry, America, you're getting a lot of shots in tonight's drive-by. Um, is uh, is it, they've still got a five-dollar
0: note? Yeah.
1: Why is it a five-dollar note donation?
0: I know it doesn't make any sense at all. Although it is a good excuse to get rid of your pennies, because have you? You've never been to America, have you? The money mm-hmm. genuinely really sucks. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You end up with, like, a wallet that is bulging and you have, like, maybe $14 in <laughs> there. Ridiculous.
1: And something that really annoys me is when you see, like, those those buzz, BuzzFeed lists of, like, 14 things Americans don't understand about Australia. And, like, number three is always like, hey, what's up with your weird coloured money? no. It's objectively better. It's coloured so that you can tell the difference. Mm. They're different sizes so that you can tell the difference. It just makes so much. Sense. You
0: know, like twenty five percent of our listeners are American, but I think we're doing okay. I think look, this is fine.
1: Look, I like Americans as individuals. It's just that get more than three of them in a room. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's maybe a bit harsh. <laughs> Sorry, everyone.
0: Let's extend that to at least six.
1: All right, six. <laughs> Upwards of six.
0: Like, every America that I've met while in America, very pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, which feels like a... (laughs)
1: It's just that whenever you had to hand over money for goods or services, you became infuriatingly angry. Yeah.
0: Moment of silence in case I want to edit some of that. Okay, so there's a joke in this episode. Sure, I like jokes. That I only... It only clicked with me on this viewing. Somehow I'd never thought about what this joke actually was until I was sitting here with a pen and paper. But uh, when Lisa is marching around outside the classroom, she's going to ask Mr. Bergstrom to come for dinner, and she oh. says, Mr. Bergstrom, do you like pork chops? Oh, no, of course you wouldn't. Yes. Never clicked with me before, though, that's uh, because he's Jewish. Yeah, interesting. Never thought about that, even for a moment. It's weird. I just always thought, like, the idea there was that pork chops are Homer's favorite food. And thus sort of like a lower class of food than what yeah. Mr. Bergstrom would like. Totally. And this time I'm like, oh no, it's because he's Jewish. Yeah. That's like they keep talking about his Judaism in this. Yeah,
1: I was about to say they keep talking about it a lot. Yeah.
0: They but I think that's like I arrived at that conclusion as a child and just never reassessed it. See uh,
1: yeah, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why doing this, this watch through is so much fun. Yeah. Um because we and do I would have seen this
0: one life. as an adult. But, you know, I never I analysed mean, The Simpsons, really, before I sat down with pen and paper in hand. And
1: Totally. Yeah. Even when we sat down to do our run-through two, two years ago, we wouldn't have picked that up.
0: No. I certainly didn't. No, I was just sitting on your couch, you know, drinking and sad, and I didn't pick up on any of this. Yeah. I'm trying to build a mythology around my mysterious depression of that time period. <laughs>
1: Because the pemmican supplies ran low, <laughs> you're you're all out of protein and fat. Yeah,
0: yeah that was the problem. <laughs> what, what, what's a boy to do? So uh, I guess we're edging closer to the uh, the scene where Mr. Bergstrom leaves. I'm looking at the time. We probably should talk about that scene, sure. And they have their little chat, and it's kind of weird. It's a little weirder than I remembered, frankly. Yeah, there's some there's some undertones
1: in some of the things that Lisa's saying where it's. Lisa is very much ready to move out
0: of home and move in with Mr. Bergstrom. And I'm not sure that that's... I don't know if that's age appropriate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have this little back and forth. It's not quite as moving as I remembered until she gets the fucking note. Oh, the note. Which is still extremely powerful.
1: And and you know the thing that frustrates me? Mm. I was thinking about this in today's Watchthrough. Yep. Is that is a powerful moment. And I was finding myself getting choked up on today's viewing. And then I just got really annoyed at the internet because they've they've the 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 whole U R Lisa Simpson thing has been yep. cheapened by memory. Yep. And it really annoys me when things get cheapened by memory. By the way, Nick, I got a little note for you. Here we go. I wrote you a little note. You've actually written me a note, and you're actually handing it to me. I don't want to know what this says. Your name. <laughs> Your name. Is Homer Thompson. Okay, I see what you've done there. Hello, Mr. Thompson. Um <laughs> Well This isn't the this isn't the watch through of Cape Fear. Which I believe the watch through of what, sorry? Cape Fear. Is that the episode that that's... Are you
0: talking about the Robert De Niro film directed by Scorsese or the original with Gregory Peck?
1: Uh Gregory Peck, um, that
0: was to kill a mockingbird. Uh yeah, that was why I killed that Mockingbird. Because it reminded me of Gregory Peck. You know, I mean... And I just watched The Omen and I was feeling angry.
1: I respect your decision to kill the Mockingbird, but did Mm. you have to bring it in to my house
0: and boil it down until (laughs) it was dried and then mix it with fat and call it Pemmican? Well, maybe if you'd gone and set a Watchman, you know, I wouldn't have been able to make it into your house. Gone and set a Watchman. Go and set a Watchman is the uh, sequel
1: to... To Kill a Mockingbird. Is it about people who work exclusively in timepieces? Go and set a watch, men. Today, you are timepiece man.
0: <laughs> that would have been a better novel like than what we got. Go Set a Watchman is a fascinating piece of writing that I almost caused an incident with. Because when it came out, my local target... Started selling it a we week go. and a half before it was meant to go out. Ooh. And I saw it on the shelf and thought, oh, that's interesting. I guess it broke embargo. So I bought a copy and I posted a picture on Facebook. And about four or five hours later, I got a phone call from the publisher of the book. Oh, shit. <laughs> saying, uh, look, you've got the book and that's fine. Not an issue. Uh, could you please give us all the details of the store that sold it to you? And removal photos from social networks because that was not meant to have happened. Oh. There is a very tight embargo on this book. Oh, yeah, because I like they didn't find my number three. I don't know some nefarious means like a book like somebody so, who was a friend of mine who was a bookseller. Okay, sure. Like, sent me a message saying, "Hey, the publisher would like to talk to you. Could you please give them your so, phone number?"
1: So, so you got a phone call. Yeah, from Mister or Mrs., Harper Collins themselves. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's who the publisher was.
0: Yeah, are you thinking of Harper Lee, the yeah. author of the book?
1: <laughs> no, I was actually thinking of Harper Collins. They're a publisher, aren't they? Y- yeah. You got yeah. a call from Mr. or Mrs. Penguin.
0: Yeah, it was Jonathan Penguin.
1: Jonathan <laughs> Penguin.
0: I guess <laughs> me, Jonathan Penguin.
1: <laughs> it's a good thing it was him and not Pingu, because that little fucker is indecipherable.
0: <laughs> Both Simon and Schuster called me up. <laughs> It was a conference call.
1: Got excellent with um Gordon and Gotch. Yeah. <laughs> They'd branched out from magazines into
0: books by Harper Lee. Yep, Gordon and Gotch, an Australian distribution company we have a bunch of weird in-jokes with, yep. who also distributes several magazines that I've been in. So. Oh, so,
1: oh, so I won't drag their names through the mud. <laughs> Why <laughs> would we? <laughs> i do it. We have no reason to. No, they're perfectly fine. Now, remember... Tell you what, reading their publications makes me hyper,
0: wink. They don't distribute hyper, but... Fuck! Your name is Mr. Thompson. All right. I, it's, oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, in the end, Lisa's sad, Bud doesn't get to be president, and Maggie, poor Maggie, spits out her her dummy In, in the In the homocentric resolu- yes, resolution. Yes, in what might be um, a plot by Dr. Colossus that doesn't quite pan out, I think. Oh, I don't want to get into that too much. Though, okay, good. Uh, quick question that
1: I've got. Sure. Um, when, when Lisa calls Homer a baboon and he says it's the, the most stupid of all the apes. It's or- the
0: uh, stupidest, ugliest, smelliest ape of them all. Ape of them all. Thank yeah. you. Uh, when do you think Homer sat down to rank all the apes? <laughs> <laughs> I really like that scene. Because the word baboon inherently carries so much weight to Homer for some reason. For some reason. Yeah, totally. Do Lisa, you think- I don't think you know what you're saying. It's fucking great. Do you think that's, that's something that
1: Lisa knew going into it? Or do you think it's a happy coincidence? Like, has Lisa heard? Because obviously... We don't get to see everything that happened in the Simpsons universe. We just get little snippets of it. Has she heard him sit around, you know, like there'll be a baboon on TV, they're watching an Attenborough documentary, and he'll just feel like, oh, pff, glad no one's called me one of them. <laughs> um, God,
0: I hope that never happens. Hope that never happens. Uh, we well, you know he didn't like being called a quidgy bow, a big, dumb North American ape with no chin. Yes, okay, yep. quidgy bow. Yep. Uh,
1: so, well, maybe he just doesn't like being referred to as any kind of ape.
0: Perhaps not. He is quite ape-like in this episode, though. He's quite oafish. Oafish? apish. Yep, quite silly. Japing around. And then, like we said, at the end, this turns into a plot about Homer's insecurities as a parent, where he magically resolves everyone's problems. I do like the whole thing where he manages to fix things with Lisa by acting like a monkey and being silly. Yes. Because it lets Lisa be an (laughs) eight-year-old. Yeah, totally. Scene, I think it is actually like a nice resolution, totally, and to that plot. Yeah, and
1: I also think that because he starts giving a very impassioned speech about the importance of coming to terms with losing important people. Yeah, and then he gets to a point where he's where he says. Um, oh, maybe I can't explain all of this, which I like to think is one of the writers going, yeah. I'm going to intelligence Homer out of this situation. Yeah. He's going to come up with a brilliantly impassioned speech which awakens Lisa's sensibilities to the idea of loss. And then they got two-thirds of the way through it and went, oh,
0: God, what if he just dances around like an ape? that would be <laughs> shitloads easier to write. I'll let the animators deal with it. it is a, it's a very nice moment. And then he goes to see Bart, and he gives a slightly more... uh <clears throat> There's a bit more content or context or whatever to his little speech there about why it doesn't matter they didn't win the election. Sure. Then he gives Maggie the um, dummy, and there's heavily implied that he and Marge go and have sex, and that's the yep. end of the episode. And that's the end of the episode. So and now
1: that we've got your attention.
0: Because he said, yeah, yeah, you yeah, said
1: yeah, sex. I, 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 what? Because he said sex?
0: Oh, okay. okay.
1: Do they have a revolving bed? <laughs> I can't go back to revolver again. There's no reason for it.
0: All right, episode twenty. Before we move on to episode twenty, just very quickly, I've already I've already said episode twenty. We can't go back. with We're just up top because I said that I don't know that this episode is you know quite as amazing as I remember it being, and and I don't know if I really said that much about why. But I, sole reason I said that is that Mr Bergstrom doesn't seem to me like the extraordinary teacher the episode makes him out to be. I find him a little cloying in parts. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily agree with his methodologies in places. Is it a little and bit- And I feel like Lisa gets very, very invested in him without the episode giving that much reason beyond like the obvious metaphor of Lisa not being recognized usually mm. for who she is. Mm. Which works on some level, but I also kind of wish the character was a little better written. That's is it a about bit- the
1: extent of it a little bit dead poet society?
0: It is a little bit dead, dead poet po- society yeah. in places. Is it a little bit dead putting society? It could have done with some putting. I mean... That is one of my notes here. It needs more putting.
1: Needs more putting. Mm. Fair enough.
0: Hey, Nick? Yeah, man. What is the sound of one hand clapping?
1: Okay, there, there are
0: There are the smallest of spikes <laughs> appearing <laughs> on the
1: waveform there, so... Yeah.
0: It works. We did it in a previous... Anyway, mm-hmm. uh... What was the next episode called, Nick? It's called The War of the Simpsons, Jekyll. The War of the Simpsons. So is this about the Simpsons finally doing battle with uh, Dr. Colossus and his forces? Um, Let me check my
1: notes. Da, 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 da.
0: No. No, okay. Okay, so, interesting.
1: Yeah, it's about Homer and Marge having relationship
0: issues. That get solved by a catfish. For a, some reason. In a fun, a fun reversal of how we would usually think of a catfish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that, you know, catfish means something different. It means that you pretend to be someone else online and then you show up to Nick's house and it was me all along. <laughs> what? <laughs> um
1: here here's my question though. Sure. Um so to lure someone into a relationship by adopting a fictional persona, that's the a uh, meaning I just found on the internet. Yeah. Now
0: I've seen the movie catfish, it's quite good.
1: Was catfishing in that sense a term?
0: used in at this stage in the 90s i feel like it's much more recent than that no i feel like it really gets popularized by the documentary film that came in like 2009 or so right
1: okay because the reason i found that so amusing then is that there's a bit where homer says it's called catfish lake they wouldn't call it that unless there was a catfish there yeah and i'm just (laughs) like wait They've foreshadowed the idea of catfishing, because the idea of saying, "Oh, well, no," but it's presenting as this, therefore it must be this.
0: Yeah, it's it is a bit of a fun a, a stuff a, a fun and fortuitous foreshadowing. Sure, that's much better. Because I opened my mouth like I don't have anything. So, <laughs> fun and fortuitous foreshadowing. Sure, a fun
1: and fortuitous foreshadowing. Yeah. A, a triple F. Yes. <laughs> yes, triple F. Yeah,
0: which was the um. I'm trying to think who's like a lesser Vin Diesel. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll tell you exactly who it was. It was the, the Gary Busey <laughs> action franchise.
1: Um, no, I think uh, Triple F was uh, three iterations before the wrestler
0: Triple H. Okay, that's fair. I'm just thinking the, the Two Triple X franchise- I guess if you want to do the porn parody of the Triple X franchise, you have to call it Triple F. You have to. Uh, oh, because yeah. Because Triple X is, you know, it's... you can't call it XXX and XXX parody. You have to call it Triple F Could you call it... XXX XXX parody. Could you call it Triple Sex? Triple Sex. Yeah. That's interesting. Except isn't there a,
1: there's a liqueur called Triple Sex? So people might think it's just a documentary <laughs> about liqueur.
0: I don't know that they would. <laughs> 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 I don't know how much danger oh. there
1: is of her. Man, this, this people on the VHS cover of this, they've, they've got their bits out, and they really, they they must love that triple sec drink that I've heard about before in shops.
0: So XXX Parody. Yes. I think and uh, that's... <laughs> and that's episode 20 of season two of The Simpsons, <laughs> yeah. and that's what we're here to talk about
1: today. Um, uh, now, my, uh, my first note here... Do you want to go to the thing that you that you tweeted? Can we skip? Or Have you got anything before that? I got a heap before that. All right, cool. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Can I take a brief pause to go stir my curries? <laughs> Is that a euphemism? Yes. All right. No, go. I've got curry on stove.
0: Stir away. For our dinner. Rock and roll. Okay, so there's a few things in the party scene I'd like to talk about. Oh,
1: the party scene, yeah. Few,
0: a few weird implications going on in here. Please. First of all, I fucking love this scene. It's full of great quotes. Uh, yes. There's uh, there's a lot of things that I use here in my everyday life. Uh, When Homer tells that guy, you stink, your hold down, lousy operation stinks, I quit. I like that. Yep. Not those peanuts, the ones at the bottom, that's always how I ask for peanuts. Excellent. Uh, I declare this the most whimsical jig of the season, lots of stuff here. It's a good delivery on the peanut line too. Not those peanuts, Um, the ones at the bottom. But there are some more nefarious things here as well that I latched onto. Oh, nefarious. Something I latched onto as a kid. I'm not talking about Dr. Colossus here. I see your face lighting up. Okay, sorry. Yes. A few things. First of all, something I never really thought about that much. <laughs> sorry, it would have been wonderful if you were like, there's a fly in an ice cube. Colossus is involved. <laughs> I mean, that remains a possibility. Okay. But you know. Uh, Barney gets maced. Oh, Barney. By Patty and Selma. Yeah. Or one of them. And he says, is that a new kind of mace It's really painful? So the implication here is that Barney is getting maced fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. Why is that happening? Do you think it's just because he's a pest? Yeah, that's kind of what I was he's thinking. He's an eternal pest. That takes some of the fun out of that character. It
1: does. Because, I mean... And that he is
0: menacing women enough that he is regularly getting maced. Could he also be, could he be getting maced
1: by... Oh, but police-grade mace would be different from your everyday common or garden variety mace. Maybe. Maybe. I don't <laughs> yeah. know.
0: I'm not in the market for mace. But I was just thinking about that. I'm like, oh, that's an ominous line. That means that he is regularly getting sprayed in the eyes. He's menacing enough. There was a house in
1: our primary school called Mace.
0: That's true, there was. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought it up.
1: <laughs> Do you find it weird that all those kids were given pepper spray? No wonder why they had so. Because I don't know if you remember this. Mace would actually repeatedly win sports days in our primary school. Yeah, they would. Yeah. We
0: win... Went- we, we, were we in the same house? Crown?
1: We, we weren't. We no, weren't. Oh, you were in crown. I was in charter.
0: Yeah. I was in blue. You were in purple. Mace was red. Yeah. Conveniently. And Wyvern was, uh, yellow. Yeah. Wyvern, um, by far the coolest name for a house.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, named after a
0: two legged dragon. Yeah. Um, which. Well, you're just named after a piece of paper with some shit written on it.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Mace was named after, actually, technically, it was named after the, the, the bummy knocker, the big yeah, thing, the, th- with the, the ball thing you it. would kill the wife
0: in with, <laughs> yeah, oh, fuck. so that you could wear the crown and write the charter declaring that sports stairs cancelled, yeah, that was the because whole
1: game. so many children are on the ground crying because mm. they've been pepper sprayed, yeah,
0: damn, mace, yeah, so <laughs> that's a very specific badge. <laughs> Relating That's, directly to... People fine. can triangulate now and work out which school we went to as well. True. If they want to.
1: I also like the idea that someone's going to hear that one of the houses at our school is named after a two-legged dragon and go, what the fuck kind of school did you guys go to? <laughs> now, a very poncy one for ponces.
0: Yes, it was, it was fine. There's, yeah, it was fine. There's something in this episode that always weirded me out as a kid. Can I guess? Still, yes. Is it the fly in the ice cube? It's not the fly in the ice cube. Ah. It is when Homer is lying on the ground after the party is passed out. <gasps> How dirty the carpet is under Homer? It's not that either. <laughs> Just let me get to the thing. Sorry. It's fine. Um, uh, I, I enjoy the getting go. So, uh, he's lying there and Hibbert says, if you want to live through the night, roll him onto his stomach. Mm. And Marge says, oh, thank you, Dr. Hibbert. Uh. And oh, Hibbert says, remember, I said if. Fuck. But the thing is, Marge tries to roll him over into his stomach fails, leaves him on his back. Yeah. And I every time I watch this episode, I'm like, fuck. He could have died. More than that, she wants him to. Yes, exactly. Yeah. She leaves him there to die. Wow. And which al- also You know obviously Homer's in the wrong here. He's been a fuckhead, but still yeah. this is like a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah. Huh. By the way, these pills you gave me are really bitter. What's in them? Uh pemmican mostly. <laughs> Oh, okay, <laughs> it's a
1: particularly bitter strain of buffalo. Um, <laughs> they were so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I bought them. Yeah, unnecessary. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but oh, look, I know that home is in the wrong. He was he was leering at his friend's wife, who is an independent woman of, of, and doesn't need to be tied to the friend. Yeah, sure. An attribute I hate that I just did. Yeah, sure. Um, but also. Um, I mean, do you think Hibbert's overreacting a bit, saying, here's how to kill him? <laughs> I mean, his behavior wasn't. I mean, I
0: guess it's more, here's how to just let him die.
1: Well, okay, yes, here's how to let him die, but even so, if you get drunk at a party,
0: well, is that. Re- I mean, yes. From you- a legal perspective, oh, okay. if you've been advised that not turning your husband over will kill him. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not murder. I don't think it would even be manslaughter. Could it be like you get charged for negligence? It could be manslaughter. Could
1: be? Manslaughter is an act or an omission, which results Ooh, omission in a death. omission as well. Okay. Because, mm, yeah, basically, any time there's a law that relates to an act, it can also be an omission, I think. Ooh, actually... Man, man's uh, off the top of my head, I mean, I don't deal with murder charges on a day-to-day basis. Yep. I was going to look this up,
0: but I can't be bothered. I'll just give you what I think. Um, okay, this is not legally binding. This is not legally binding, nor is it Nor threat. is any <laughs> legal advice we may give on the show. <laughs> especially if I give it. Not especially, it's exactly the same either way. But. The the only thing that's been legally binding in this episode
1: so far is my offer to give you pemmican if you give me $200. <laughs> um, now, <clears throat> Uh Because murder requires the intent for the act that you're doing to kill someone, you can't have murder by omission. But I'm pretty sure you can have manslaughter by omission. Or there are other, I mean, there are other things that you might be able to get. Like, you can have death by dangerous driving, for example, but stuff like that. But
0: uh, maybe manslaughter. Okay, interesting. Maybe Maybe manslaughter. So the next morning, Homer is still alive, unless he died and the rest of the series is a death dream, which... (gasps) Is a possibility, possibly, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Doctor Colossus put the dread, put the ice in the thing, and it, you know made Doctor Hibbert angry at Homer. He advises Marge how to kill him. Homer dies. That's a possibility.
1: I find it strange that Hibbert um, stands there complaining about the potential poisoning of the
0: plastic ice cube. Doesn't remove it. Doesn't remove class. it. Yeah, remove it, you idiot. Yeah, remove it and throw it away. Very simple. He's very angry about it. There's a scene after this where. Marge asks Homer to come into the car with her. Sure. And she turns on the radio and says, I don't want the kids to hear us fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I used to hate it when I could hear my parents fighting. Sure. And the kids inside look out, they hear the music, and then, you know, they're fighting again. This sends a chill up my spine. This is the most on point fucking scene possible, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. This is the most astute, I think, observation. Yeah, in this entire season, about what it's like to be a child. Yeah, totally, and be like aware of. Yeah, like the little tricks your parents are playing on you. Absolutely, so you don't realize their marriage is breaking down. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Here,
1: here is our coping mechanism to avoid the specific experience that I had as a child. Yeah, and then the the kids are inside going, ah, this thing that I'm experiencing right now.
0: Yeah, there's the coping mechanism that I'm incredibly aware of. Was it Spanish flea they were playing by the way? It wasn't... No, it was... It's Mexican hat Just a Mexican hat Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Which is, I guess they have a cassette like lined up and ready just to play that. Huh. Okay. So, okay, some weird stuff. We're going to get to the church now because some fucking weird stuff happens in this episode. Oh, my God. There's a special guest in the church. So, Marge goes to church alone. Because Homer needs to apologize to Bart yeah. about the way he behaved. Not to Lisa for some reason. I guess, you know, patriarchy, etc. Uh, so Bergstrom. Homer apologizes to Bart and then goes to join Marge at the church. Two things to talk about here. Sure. First of all, Marge is at church alone. Yes. You see this. Lisa's not there. Maggie's not there. Nope. is goes... sitting next to two trollish little children. Yeah, two horrifying children. Yeah. Homer goes there alone as well. Yes. The children are left behind. Despite the fact that the B-plot of this episode is about how bad the kids are when left to their own devices, Hmm, and how Bart cannot be trusted to look after his sisters. Yes. So, Homer and Marge are at the church alone, and Homer's going around the church looking for Marge, squeaking around, making too much noise, looking for her, and what happens?
1: Well... Uh, so, he, he goes up to a couple of different people. He goes up to Maud. Maud looks horrified. Yep. The next cutaway... Yes. ...is Homer sidling up alongside someone who I can only describe as Hitler. <laughs>
0: well, <World> dictator <clears throat> fucking out of Hitler is in the church now. And it is... It is definitely him. It is unmistakably Hitler. It is unmistakably Hitler. And now, this is the weirdest shit in the world because I have never noticed this before.
1: It is insane. Now, but Hitler is there. Yeah. And in Crepes of Wrath. Yes. Where Homer goes over, uh, where, where Bart goes over to France and, um, you know, antifreeze and the wine and all that. We see in that, that in the Simpsons universe, Hitler is still alive.
0: Das car phone, dust I nuisance phone. That's not in that episode. That's Isn't like it? several seasons later. No, I That's I... like no, that's Bart versus Australia, I'm pretty sure, because he rings around the world to find out about oh, the toilets. Fuck you right. Why das Phone think... is on a Nuisons phone. Why did I, Why did I
1: think it was in Crap's anyway?
0: Very fucking weird scene, by the way. <laughs> really then, weird scene, but
1: uh... uh but okay, so it it's established in the future of the Simpsons universe that Hitler is still alive in Germany. Well, I've got more concerning news Flash, Then Hitler's alive in fucking Springfield, attending in church. church. Yeah.
0: Outstanding. Yeah, it is. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but like it's it's very clearly him. It is. Yes, definitely not just some guy who um, looks like him. It shall, is. Shall the, the resemblance is too close. It's
1: nuts. Shall the artwork for this podcast maybe be that frame?
0: I don't know if I want Hitler being the artwork. Oh, on fair this enough. Well, episode. I check-
1: feel like you are Lisa Simpson. Is the obvious. Oh, okay. Sure. Well, check the socials. There'll be a tweet or a status about it
0: somewhere because <laughs> from about six weeks ago. From about That's six point, weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, but we'll, we'll put it up yeah. again. But people. I need- fucking exploded when
1: I saw this. It spoke. is a mental. Well, I paused it in disbelief, and then
0: uh, you basically lost your mind. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is, I think, the correct response.
0: But it's like looking at a family photo and noticing, like, the devil is in the background. <laughs> it's insane.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is really, really weird. And I don't never know why like, I would never uh, notice
0: it. You know, Lovejoy's up there giving a sermon about Satan's boners. Yeah, that's interesting. The, yeah. the, the, the new pamphlets that the church has, including Satan's
1: boners and good grief, more Satan's <laughs> boners. Which makes me wonder if they had Charles Schultz writing for the church pamphlets. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Charles Schulz and his uh, legendary lover boners. Yeah, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Big yeah. old yeah. boner fan.
1: Yeah, well, that I mean, the only reason he called the comic strip Peanuts was you know he couldn't call it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he didn't realize about the boners means erections. He just meant it in the way that you know sometimes we all screw up in oh, life. The
1: goofs. Yeah, the, the go- gaffs.
0: Yeah, the goof gaffs. The goof gaffs. That was the other potential name for peanuts: goof gaffs. Goof. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. gosh Yeah, good grief goof gaps, so that's what it's called. <laughs> so, what else happens in this one? Uh, Homer and Marge go on the retreat, of course. Grandpa Simpson is left to look after the little kids. Mm-hmm. And they goof and gaff and jape all over him. They do. Now, one thing that happened in this episode is, butch wants to smoke a cigar he does want to smoke a cigar. And you you made some comments about this and how disgusting you find cigars. Is yes. that right? Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah, cigars are not uh, something that I enjoy. And
1: I once, a couple of times in my short but colourful life, I've had conversations with people while the other person has been smoking a cigar. Yeah. And fucking hell, I've never <laughs> wanted to get out of a conversation
0: <laughs> so quickly. Have you ever smoked a cigar? No, never. Okay. So, here's the thing. I've tried a puff of a cigar. Sure. Like one puff. One puff. Possibly two. T- two. Two. Did you inhale? Uh, I don't think so. I don't okay. know. I think I did like what you're meant to do with cigars. And here's the thing. I really fucking enjoyed it. Wow. <laughs> so much. Why? That I turned to the people I was with and said, I can never do this again because this is way too fucking... I really like this. This could not become a habit that I do. Please take it away from me. Do you want to go get a cigar? Kind of at all times. <laughs> it's <was> really... <laughs> I don't know. I'm, you know, to I should be advocating for probably cigar use. To me, it on holds this podcast. holds no appeal, and I get really. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought that it would either. But I was quite drunk, <clears throat> and somebody just said, "You want to try this?" And I did. I'm like, "Holy fuck! This is incredible! This is like uh This is way better than I would have anticipated on the first puff. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. No, and I assume I would hate those. Maybe I wouldn't, because I fucking loved this one yeah, puff of I, a cigar. I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of flabbergasted, I have yes, to say. Yes, so was I. Like yeah. I think back on that sometimes, I'm like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah, right. But yeah, it was, uh I kind of understand, but in this episode, yeah. just going around puffing a cigar. I'll tell you who I don't understand in this episode. Thank, sure. thank you for the segue,
1: by the way. I don't understand Homer's motivation when it comes to fishing.
0: Yeah, it's Homer's weird.
1: Homer's never given a shit about fishing previously. The thing is he goes into Parts the, the episode um, where he was going to die and then he went fishing with his with he went fishing in there. Yeah, that was more of a symbolic thing, I think. Yeah, I think so too. But in this one even before he's heard about the largest catfish in the world, yeah. He's decided, no, I'm going to go fishing and then gets there and becomes resolute that he <laughs> he out of all others will be the
0: one. That's what I find really weird. He goes into the bait shop and the old guy behind the desk tells him about General Sherman. And he turns to the the old guys at the table who talk about General Sherman. The which four is a, old salty dogs. Which is a touch that I really like. I like that it's just these four guys spreading this legend. He says, gentlemen, I'm going to catch General Sherman. And they react with such shock.
1: Yeah.
0: As though this guy is not full of shit and is actually going to do it. Yeah. And Homer is so resolute and sure that he is capable of catching this fish. Surely. And they react as though this is a definite thing locked in stone that he will definitely be able to do. And it is strange.
1: Surely a more accurate reaction would be them turning around to Homer and saying, and who the hell are you? (laughs) Like, who the fuck are you? We are four very old salty dogs who have done lots of fishing. You're some guy.
0: Who the fuck do you think you are to come in here to our fishery and tell us you're going to catch the fucking fish? That we worked our whole fucking lives to catch.
1: I just thought of something. Yep. Do you reckon power source is based on Pemmican? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know the power source bars? Yeah, that are just Apple cores in Chinese newspapers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I-, I feel like the fact that Pemmican contains neither Apple cores nor Chinese newspapers.
1: Uh, yeah, I just thought in terms of like high energy. <laughs> just a bar of shit.
0: Just a bar of shit. <laughs>
1: um, anyway.
0: I mean, energy bars exist in real life. Uh, yeah, it's probably based on those.
1: That's true. Boost. <laughs> we're not sponsored by anyone. Um. Uh. I've got some noise. Uh, some noises. I've got some <laughs> some noises I'd like to make. <laughs> well, honk. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um. When Marge goes through the list of complaints about Homer at the marriage retreat, she says that uh, when he makes up, he. Uh, sorry, when he wakes up, he makes honking noises. Now, what kind of honk? Are we talking like goose? Like. <laughs> Or like more like a car like <laughs> honk and um I'm I'm pitching to be the new Michael Winslow. <laughs> Reference to a film I've never seen. Well uh What, what kind of honking um, noises do you think Homer makes? Is it the goose? Is it the old style bike horn the
0: ha ha ha
1: ha I think it's probably more <laughs> of a ha, <"Arr-ga."> oh, <laughs> I think that's probably the noise he's making. That's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. You know, in America, uh, the the bl- bl- the uh, salad leaf that we call rocket is called arugula. That is true. Yeah, and it always makes me think of those old horns.
0: A little peppery for my taste. Arugula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Um, good co- riff.
1: I'll cross off that note.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Homer eventually catches General Sherman. Oh,
1: just before we get there. Yes. Um, so Homer wakes up. He stops the alarm clock from ow, stops the alarm clock from going off. Yeah, and he says he's got a whole plan worked out, right? That involves him leaving the cabin at the marriage retreat at five. Sure. He's going to go there, and I don't remember it all off the top of my head. I'm going to do this. I'm going to cook him by six thirty. I'm going to eat him, and then be back in bed by seven. Perfect no crime. one's any the wiser. Perfect crime. Yeah. Then he gets caught leaving, and Marge. Uh, cracks the sads, saying, we're here to work on our marriage, and you would rather go off fishing.
0: Mamma mia, Homer. To be be fair to Homer,
1: he did actually plan it really well to avoid any disruption to the thing that he's there to do. I feel like Homer got a bit of a (laughs) bum deal there.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that during the episode, and thinking, like, is this, maybe this is why I'm bad at relationships, is this actually a fair thing for Homer to do or not? Because part of me feels like obviously he did plan it around the yeah. retreat, but of course it goes completely wrong and he misses the whole fucking day of the retreat. Yeah, I mean, I which g- maybe Marge knew would happen because Home is not a particularly reliable guy. I mean, I I guess I think it's more about the idea that he's not as focused on why they're there as much as more than the that, actual thing he's going to do, and
1: that he's perhaps too cavalier about the risk of it all going wrong.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, you know, like, he's he's not invested in the marriage retreat in the same way Marge is, I think, is more of the issue there. See, I don't know, though, because he did plan it to avoid any disruption to it. Yeah, but he fucked it.
1: Well, yeah, but he didn't know he was going to fuck it.
0: Yeah, but it's a fair assumption that he would, because he's Homer. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he accidentally catches General Sherman, in that some kid leaves behind his fishing pole, and... Seemingly never comes back to try and find it or figure out what's going on, by the way. Kid yeah, just walks good away.
1: Good point. Walks away forever.
0: And this uh, kid said, you know what? I've had it up to here with fishing.
1: I'm going to be one of those old salty dogs down at the bait shop. I'm going to law school. I so, also I also don't like that the bait shop was just taking worms and scooping them into a paper bag. Yeah, that's fucked. It's that's a, a bad paper, way to store pa- worms. Paper bags not how you deliver worms.
0: Yeah, how do you deliver your worms, by the way? I don't do that, but if I was going I to I just carry most of them in my internal cavities. I've got a really bad medical condition, by the way. It's not very nice. Yeah. Full of worms.
1: Oh. You
0: should have some
1: I guess you can just go eat those tablets they give to dogs. <laughs> I assume that'll have no side effects on you, a human.
0: Yeah, well I, I tried them and just I'm still blocked. Off.
1: I tried to say
0: goodbye. <laughs>
1: Try to walk away, and I stumble. No, I try to hide. It's, it's clear. clear. My world crumbles when you are not That's Macy Gray. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I try to say goodbye, and I choke. I try to walk away, but I stumble. That's <laughs> Michael Caine.
0: to <laughs> so, say, so, is that Macy Kane?
1: <laughs> I'm Macy
0: Kane. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> Just uh, another white man taking the accomplishments of a black woman away from oh, her. Oh,
1: fuck. No, don't, don't <laughs> say that. That makes me sound like the worst person in the world.
0: But none of this is real. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Although Michael Caine was here a moment ago. But... I thought you were going to say Michael
1: Caine was real. I was like, <laughs> interesting use of past tense there. Macy Gray's real.
0: So Homer in this uh, catches the big fish. bugfish fish. He catches the big fish, brings it into the boat. Catches... Ian Thorpe, also known as Superfish. Now, in David Lynch's seminal 2006- 2006 text, uh, Catching the Big Fish, he says that what? ideas are like water. If you want to catch little fish, you can stay in the shallow water. But if you want to catch the big fish, you've got to go deeper. By letting the fish go at the end, letting the fish back into the water and thus saving his marriage, is Homer not really catching the big fish? What? The thing is, (laughs) if we look at the films of David Lynch, he presents very complicated ideas right, in ways that are very difficult to digest. Right. And I just think watching this episode...
1: Is this like in 2009 when my history lecturer called me the Elephant Man?
0: Why did your teacher call you the Elephant Man?
1: Well, she said, now, Nick, you're somewhat of an Elephant Man. What do you think about this particular history topic? (laughs) Wait, what's the context? (laughs) And I said, yeah, I said, hang on a minute. Do you mean John McRerrick very lumpy? And she said, no, no, no. Some people have ideas the size of acorns. You have ideas the size of elephants. Is David Lynch
0: telling us that elephants live in the deeper waters? Are you aware that David Lynch directed the Elephant Man? What? (laughs) What the fuck? No, I was not aware of this, James. (laughs) (laughs) I naturally assumed that's where you were going. That is wonderful. Yeah, it's uh, John Hurd, Anthony Hopkins, The Elephant Man, 1981, I think. Oh, sure. Black and white is really fucking good. uh, 15 years after Revolver came out. (laughs)
1: Oh, okay, I'm starting to lose my mind. I might if <laughs> you, you can wrap up the episode.
0: Okay, so one final thing. Sure, sure, sure. At the end, uh, we've skipped over a lot of stuff, but whatever, it's ah, fine. Uh, it. Grandpa reveals he's been pretending to cry. The family reacts with inappropriate shock. And then the final scene oh, is set in the bait shop with the guy who's handing out the worms, talking about Homer, what kind of man Homer is. Mm. He's seven feet tall. He's got... Hair that's fiery and red and yeah, all this a, stuff. He's really just a, a of red
1: hair. Uh, Eyes like steel, cold and
0: hard. I think was one of the phrases. Yeah, but voice like the Beatles' revolver. Uh, <laughs> he's got teeth made of penegrin and, <laughs> and if and he if, is Lisa Simpson. He, oh, <laughs> that's a better comeback than I was going to do. So. The thing is, he's greatly exaggerating Homer, and this is meant to be like the joke is that these guys greatly exaggerate. Mm, it's you meant know, to when be... they're talking about fishing, you know, I just caught a fish this <clears throat> big, and I'm, mm. I'm not extending my hands, but let's pretend I am for the sake of this. But the thing is... A riff on the classic idea of the exaggeratory fisherman. Exactly, the exaggeratory fisherman, which yep. is the name of my debut novel. Oh, nice, cool. Yeah, so In 1942, a, uh, a woman's has lost her husband to the war, and uh, she meets this fisherman, but, um, it turns into a series of wacky hijinks when the man reveals himself to be a giant fish in disguise. Oh, called General Sherman. Yeah. General War. Yeah. Yeah. I um, based it on an episode of The Simpsons that I oh, took a liking to. The one where they go to Scotland? Uh, no. That is a good episode. It is the Cape Fear episode. Oh, Cape Fear. Starring Robert De Niro, directed oh, yeah. by Man Scorsese. Robin Williams. Yeah. 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 Robin Williams. Uh, dead, putting De- dead, dead Putting Society. Dead yeah. Putting Society. Uh, so. The thing is, we've got this whole thing about the Fisher, the fish tackle guy exaggerating everything. Yep. But all the stuff they said about General Sherman exactly describes this fish. Was
1: exactly correct. There was yeah. no exaggeration
0: there at all. He was just the biggest catfish in the world. Mm. And they were not lying about that. Um and it's weird. I don't know how to parse that. Yeah.
1: Is it, a, is it a lucky coincidence that there is a big catfish in that lake and that none of the old salty dogs actually truly believe that it's there?
0: You know what the case here is, of course. What is the case Is here, that of they course? made this joke just assuming that two arseholes in their 30s wouldn't go back like 25 years later and uh, pick it apart, pen and paper in hand. That's what's happened here.
1: You want to know how General Sherman got to the size he is?
0: I would love to know. How General Sherman got to the size he is. Colossus experiment gone wrong. But we've Col- got no time left to discuss
1: that, because we've really got to wrap up this episode of Pods and the gears Springfield.
0: Yeah, I've got like four pages of Colossus notes here. We'll just uh... uh we'll skip over that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also we definitely saw Norm, but we'll skip over that. We yeah, haven't got this have. We just haven't got time. I reckon he was the one who was uh, him and Gloria were I mean, Queen been... of the Harpies. Queen of the Harpies. Oh, we
1: skipped over them. Um, actually, his
0: name is Johnny. She,
1: she doesn't cook. She doesn't clean.
0: Johnny hasn't been cutting it man-wise for some time. Um,
1: I actually think Norm is the catfish in a Colossus experiment gone wrong, but we haven't got time for
0: any of that. No, so, no, no
1: time. Uh, Pods in the Key of Springfield.
0: Yeah, that's the name of our podcast. I'm yeah. James. You're Nick. Uh, By the way. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Key Springfield. Pods in the Key of Springfield. Uh, if you like the show... Please tell people about it, because it is very hard to promote a podcast. It is fucking difficult really to difficult. get anyone to listen to anything. Like, I was thinking, I mean, you on must all find the podcasts it, yes, that I sorry. listen to, this yes. is like the point where they start talking about, like, oh, we made the iTunes top whatever, or oh, we've had such great success. We're doing okay, but we're not, like, burning up the charts or anything. Oh, we're no, not, we're not
1: burning up the charts.
0: Yeah, we're, uh, we're not even burning up the curry that you're cooking right now, I think. I, I the actually, curry's not burnt, has it?
1: I did burn one of the curries. but Okay,
0: so that's uh, something, then. We've got a burnt curry to enjoy. Okay,
1: we've, put, we've, got, we've got a burnt curry. Yeah.
0: So that's step one. That's step one. Um, it must be hard to promote a
1: podcast when your co-host keeps slagging off the country that has one of our highest listenerships.
0: <laughs> the second highest, yes. Hello, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, I'm Nick Ibis. You are at Jikul. Yep, J-I-C-K-L-E. And join us next time for more pods. In. The key. Of.
0: Springfield. Oh, Springfield. Springfield. Um, do you want to do your? Uh, I'm your... sick of that. I'm not doing it anymore. Oh well, I
1: I actually had one this time. Okay, good.
0: No, I don't. No, I no,
1: don't. No, no, no. Um, um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I made I made a resolution to do one from the episode. I don't ever remember anything from the episodes.
0: All right, well, I think we're done. <laughs> so we got a uh, we got a retweet on one of my tweets saying, hey, we got a new episode. Come and check it out. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Checked who it was. It's a sex bot. <laughs> Just a big picture of an asshole up top. Like a literal. <laughs> it's fine. That'll attract some sort of clientele, I'm sure.